is past and you had an assignment. Your assignment was go into episode two of Echo with an open mind and don't let your um, preconceived disinterest in the series soil any opportunities <laughs> that the series may have to entertain and impress you. And we are here to determine whether or not uh, that was that you were successful, whether you Has followed Echo the syllabus. made the cut yet? Yeah. Hello and welcome to the Movie Men podcast. We are the B-team. That there <laughs> is, uh, is biscuits. And that over there is gravy. No, biscuits not, not is a the, character Not the nice the kind of gravy either. That white kind, it's, you know, it's kind of good, but not, not as good. Oh, white gravy's great. You could white gravy okay. on some fried chicken. Oh, oh, on a chicken fried steak with white gravy. What are you yeah, talking about? It's it's got its it's got its moment. I'm I'm not saying it's not it's horrible. I'm it's got its moments. It's got its place. Okay. I mean, you wouldn't make a poutine with with white gravy. Like I'm not. I'm not. Crazy. You wouldn't put a lot of things on white gravy on that you would put normal gravy on. That was that was I was that English. I'm not. It was I don't know. A little, they were, they little were bit of a dyslexic moment there. A little bit of a dyslexic moment there. All right. So episode two of season one of Echo called Loak. Loak. Uh, yeah. The episode kicks off in um, in twelve hundred AD. <laughs> yeah, Alabama, twelve hundred AD. I will say, I thought that was weird, and. I started doing some researching because I was like, okay, is there a different, is Alabama Are there pyramids after, in Alabama? <laughs> well, I was like, is this a different Alabama, right? Like, is this like, you know, Alabama is actually the name of an ancient, you know, or an old whatever, and then Alabama was named after that, or it's a coincidence, I don't know. I don't think, I, I, I couldn't find anything to prove that. I think this is just, telling you geographically i mean these are like man-made hills they're not like full-on structural pyramids i don't think no i don't know i didn't anyways we get a we get an old-fashioned game of cricket it's essentially ball (laughs) yeah and and that was really interesting too and i paused it once again and went down a little bit of a rabbit hole looking up like this this is kind of similar to um Oh shoot. The name just slipped my mind. We it's it's popular up here in Canada and it's a Native Cricket. American. Lacrosse. Name. Lacrosse, that's it. Thank you. Yeah. Uh and so I was yeah, I started well, I, yeah, lacrosse is what I'm thinking of, not cricket. And so then I started looking up like the history of it and I'm like is it like 800 years old? Right? Yeah. Like is this or is this like a huge blunder in in continuity? No, it's like 800 years old or older. I was like, okay, cool. Um and it's a very, I don't know, it's a fun scene, right? Like they're all, yeah. they've they've kind of got their uniforms on by virtue of, of the different colors War of their paints. face paint and body yeah. paint. And and there's high stakes. This is a high stakes game. You We just had the football, f- football Super Bowl. You think the Super Bowl is high stakes? This is like the loser leaves. You get kicked out of the country. <laughs> you get kicked out of the well of the probably the community, um, but yeah, it's that was that was high stakes. It was a high stakes uh, high stakes game, and um, and the the 
Red team wins? Yeah, red team wins. <laughs> go red team. So I, yeah, go red. Uh, red versus blue. Um, and so I don't know. It, it's not made immediately clear what the significance of that is, except for the fact that it seems like that girl that we're sort of centered around um, who's who's part of the red team is one of Maya's ancestors because she kind of has visions of this girl and the sort of quasi-naked cave people and and all these other sort of <clears throat> figures pop into her head throughout sort of the rest of the episode. Um, so again, just another little glimpse into sort of who Maya is and, and where her people come from. And then we get our, um, we get our opening title credit thing, which I don't think we didn't get in the first episode, did we? We didn't see this. Um, no, I don't think so. It's very 007 in a lot of ways. Yeah. Right? Like the, the graphics and the spiraling and the faces going into the water and the, like, you know, it's just missing big, bigger shadows or appendages that people are driving on or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's just missing the silhouettes of naked women. And then it would be a 007 a 007 thing. Uh, so Maya is back at home and she has an alarm. At first, it took me a second. It says door on it. Because at first I'm like, oh shit, there's a, a fire. fire alarm. And <laughs> yeah. But no, this is her this is her door alarm because she can't hear if someone's knocking at the door. She can't hear if someone's coming up the lane. Uh, yeah. and Biscuits is back, who I think is like her cousin, I guess. Yeah. And I got to tell you, I think Biscuits is my favorite character in this show, right? Like, he's just this kind of like, <laughs> he's a sweet guy <laughs> who wants yeah. to be helpful and keep an eye on Maya, but also wants to try to keep her safe and is worried about, like, you he's know. just a is, very is, normal dude. <laughs> he's, he's a grandmother-fearing man, <laughs> right? He's very, yeah. very afraid of the the backlash that could come from you know, screwing up with his, his grandmother. Uh, and he's, he's brought her a little care package. He's got some pop tarts in there. He's got, it looks like cookies, like, you know, he's brought her some, some food and snacks and whatever. Cause again, he's, he's looking after her. Maybe she sent him to go get those. I don't know. Right. She's trying to lay low. Doesn't want to be recognized in town. That was, Um, that was the impression we got from the last episode. Yeah. Um, and so she's there. She asks about using Biscuit's truck, and Biscuit's Asked like, him if he's gone off roading in it before." Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's like, "Nah, like I don't know because it's it's a it's a right hand steer, and I I'm not so good with it, and you know, blah blah blah. So that would be a bad idea. And if anything happened to the truck, Grandma would kill me. And she's like, "Well, can I use it?" And he's like, no, like grandma, you know, is it, well, he says, is it, is this for something illegal? And she just pulls out a wad of cash, which means biscuits can be bought. <laughs> biscuits <laughs> is, you know, and he's not got, just he's got a, bakery. <laughs> no, he's got a moral compass, but I <laughs> think, yeah, exactly. He's got a moral compass, but at the end of the day, a, a roll of bills is a roll of bills. Right. And, yeah. and you know, maybe he's. <laughs> You know, he's maybe okay he's on hard times. Gray. <laughs> yeah. And so he goes to the pawn shop to pick up some goodies and we see Maya's grandfather. That's who that is, right? Um, 
the guy from the beginning of the first episode that's like telling all the old stories and I don't know that's a good question what's interesting about it is we never see him and the grandmother together in this episode Mm. Um, but he's uh, he's trying to sell some some native artifacts to these white tourists and <laughs> and a moment that is so good and genuinely makes me laugh is he goes to like demonstrate how this this artifact you know summons the ancestors and whatever and so he's he's down low to it and he's chanting and kind of mumbled <laughs> mumble chanting so that they it can't it quite make out what he's yeah yeah oh, okay chant. he's like mumble chanting but his chant is by the damn thing by the damn thing by <laughs> yeah. the damn thing and they and don't pick up on it no and it's so it's good it's such a funny a good scene. funny line and then um and then biscuits comes in and they want to buy a navajo rug right they're they're like oh we're you know we're looking for something that doesn't really quite fit our aesthetic we're looking for something you know a little more i don't know, flashy or and uh and so he kind of tells them where they can go to get that and and kind of you know it becomes almost not rude, but gets a little salty, right? If you're not going to buy this, then get the hell out. And but biscuits comes in, and biscuits is a much better salesperson than Grandpa is, because uh, <laughs> biscuits starts like talking up the stuff that he's got and talking up Grandpa, and Grandpa's in behind using sign language, saying, "Stop it, go away, shut up." <laughs> like, and I don't know why, right? But it's it's a fun scene. It's a fun dynamic between the two of them. Um, and Biscuits has, he got some, you know, he's picking up some things. He's getting an angle grinder. He's got some tools he needs. Obviously the shopping list that Maya has provided for him and he yeah. needs cameras <clears throat> or a camera. And this is a really funny scene too, because he's got like a little digital, like point and shoot in his hands. And grandpa's like, you know, if you're looking for a camera, I've got better cameras than that. And Biscuits is like, I don't need better. I need smaller. And so Grandpa gets out a GoPro. And he says, no, 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 like, like smaller, tiny. And Grandpa gets out a GoPro session. And he's like, no, 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 like, like the tongue of a hummingbird. <laughs> and Grandpa's <laughs> like, the tongue of a hummingbird, okay? And he pulls out like an optic um like a splinter cell, like yeah, militaristic a door camera, a door camera, door and have a look around. Yeah. And uh, and Biscuit <clears throat> says that's perfect. And Grandpa doesn't question him. He makes a comment at Biscuit's expense, right? He just says like, "This is what are you into?" What, what kind of? A- yeah, what's he say here? He's he grabs it, and uh, yeah, he's got the optic wire. Yes, that's it. And Grandpa says, "You know this militia militia type shit you're buying." <laughs> Yeah. And so then we, we, it's just kind of a meaningless scene where we see grandma there. They've got like a swap meet that they're putting together and they're laying out the different. Oh no, this booths. is a swap meet. This is like, um, uh, what do they call them? Powwow. Right. Yes. They're, they're uh, setting up for a powwow. You can tell by the blueprint on the table. Yes. There's a big yeah, circular pl- tent in the center with a bunch of little tents around. Yeah. They dance around that circular tent. I oh, know I know. I just powwow. yeah. I, I I gapped the name, but yeah, they're putting yeah. a powwow together and they'll be selling you know their their handmade crafts and goods and stuff and 
And so they're sort of laying out who's going to be at what table. And this scene, the reason this scene exists is so that grandma can discover that Maya is back in town. And there might be for some foreshadowing to a powwow in the future, but there could be, yeah, something that we're going to, that we're going to end up seeing. Um, But so grandma decides she's going to go to the roller skating rink and shake down, do a little bit of a shakedown here and get some information on why Maya's in town and what she wants. And, and the cousin, the other cousin or friend or whatever he is, is like, uh, you know, you don't want to know what she's in town for, right? Like, it's nothing I can help her with. And uh, my understanding good. is, she's just she's just here. She's just passing through. And Grandma doesn't even. She's not wanting to see Maya. She just says, like, I would encourage you, or I, you know, I would ask that you encourage her to stick to her plan and just, just pass passing through. through. Yeah, just passing through. Um, which of course is bullshit. And uh, so grandma, you know, kind of gives him the stink eye and goes upon her way. And now it's nighttime and Maya and Biscuits are are off on their little nightly escapade. And Biscuits has no idea. Well, he doesn't know why they're there, right? He's just the dummy driver at this point. And Maya's got repelling gear and she's got all kinds of stuff with her. The stuff that Biscuits has picked up for her. And she's doing a little bit of a what, what at first seems like a train heist. Right, she's gonna. Read the, you can hear the trains coming. She's obviously timed this out, and she's put an anchor point, the concrete of the bridge, and she's gonna rappel off the side and jump onto this train. And she does so, not, not so gracefully, <laughs> as a bit of a stumble. Yeah. I mean, this seems like something like I feel like she hasn't been out to this bridge yet. And this is something that something she's doing where you like you'd want to pre-measure your ropes and everything. Oh yeah. If it's, uh, she's, if it's too uh, she's, long, then you're just going to smack into the trailer, like as if you fell on it. And if it's too short, then you're just going to dangle there and right, like so. Somehow she's estimated in a few seconds. Well, maybe she exactly has like a longer rope needed to be. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe she has a little bit of like a belay system, right? <clears throat> Where she's yeah. like, letting maybe. out. Yeah, the I guess. She yeah, needs. she could have a little. Yeah, yeah, but sure. either way, she gets onto the train. This is a great sequence, right? She's the, the anytime you have your action hero on top of or running along or hanging off the side of a train, it's a great sequence, and it looks good. Like we, you know, obviously it's it's CGI. Obviously, there's some green screen and blue screen and whatever stuff happening here. But I will say that like. You know, there are moments, especially I think back to the car chase from Hawkeye. There's a car chase scene where they're like shooting all the special arrows and and doing all this stuff. It just looks like turds. Like, it's just so bad. It's like, it's like this was the first pass of CGI and they accidentally released the wrong version onto Disney Plus. Like, it just looks comically bad. Like, it's just really bad. Um, Yeah. This, so far, I mean, the show is minimal on CGI so far. There's not a lot of CGI happening. But obviously there is in this train sequence, and the train sequence looks great. Like, I would say it looks on par with an MCU movie. 
Um, um I wouldn't very, go that very it's better than the no. Hawkeye sequences, but I wouldn't go with MCU movie quality. No, you uh, you picked up on there, some. Yeah, like there's some background stuff just as a trait. Like you don't notice it too much because you're focused on her and the car she's on. But some of the stuff in the background doesn't look sure. Great. Okay. And All right. There's a few. So yeah, just not nothing major. Like it still looks it's passable, right? Okay. It, so we see nitpick, her snip picky, but nothing I would hold against it. Okay. So we see her doing some drilling into the the train car. And then we don't correct me if I'm wrong, but we don't see we don't see her take anything. We don't really see what her end goal was. Right? When we she's in the car? S- yeah. Yeah, she gets in the car, she does a little look looking around and she she definitely doesn't take anything. She doesn't take anything <clears throat> that we she see. She opens a box. She's, yep. She kind of sees the box. We're like, look, okay, well, the a, assumption like is she found what she's looking for. Yeah, assumption is she's she's taking something, but we don't see what it is. We don't really see what you know what the end goal was. And then when we pick back up with her, she's outside of the train now. She's ready for her escape. Um, a little bit of a tense drama there, where biscuit, where the the tracker disconnects and and biscuits loses sight of her. Um, momentarily but the big drama here is that echo gets her her prosthetic leg caught in the the joining mechanism of two train cars and i was watching this scene waiting for the bullshit to start because i was like i we see this all the time in movies where like someone unhooks a train car and it's like do you understand the force that would be involved in you like pulling that pin. Like it's, it's just, you, it's yeah. not a thing. You can't do that. Um, and so I was waiting, I was waiting to call BS. I was waiting to go, <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Um, but they don't do that. What they do is they use this moment to introduce, hang on, there might be something a little extra to echo. She starts seeing some visions of her ancestors and then her hands start glowing and she develops, I guess, what is superhuman strength is essentially what's happened here, right? Like she has the ability to push the spring in the other direction so that, because presumably the, there's a spring on either side of those mechanisms so that they're not ramming into metal on metal. And she's able to push it in the other direction so that she can get her leg out. Now the leg is damaged as hell. Yeah. But she's able to do that, and she and she's. This is clearly the first time she's experienced this because she's looking at her glowing hands like, "What in the hell is happening to me?" <clears throat> and so she does that, and then escapes off the train, very nearly jumps kind of into the back of the truck, but overshoots the truck, and I guess grabs onto the back end of the truck to the tailgate. <laughs> To the tailgate in a very like, well, that could have gone much very differently <laughs> kind of maneuver. And uh, and yeah, so then, and that's kind of that. That's that's sort of what we see there. And we see this train meet its destination at Fisk's shipping yard. And we don't know what, we, we find out a little bit later that this shipment had a, a specific name. There's a specific designation name designation for this this 
shipping, um, but we don't know what it is. We don't know what's being shipped. Um, but it arrives at the warehouse, and the guys go, and they open up the crate. And as they open the crate, they see this mechanism that is a vial that releases two different chemicals into the the main clear chemical that's there. And, all, and, and it's a bomb, right? Yeah. There's a massive explosion, blows there, up the whole there, building. There are explosives in the box that are yes. ignited by the IED that she's put in the box. Yes. And so that blows up. And clearly with the intention of sending a message, right? And this is where we kind of, the roller skating guy, he's a bit of an enigma to me right now because he still doesn't want, he, in the first episode, it seems like, okay, the guy's got maybe some, some shadiness to him. He's got ties to Wilson Fisk. Yes, but but that's not exactly clear in the first episode. It's just that I, he... I think it's clear got, enough. Well, he, that he doesn't want the war coming to their town. <clears throat> and that he's got, you know, he's got a he's got a coroner that will patch you up or make a body disappear. No, um, he's, but I, he's shady. His, his he's shady. dude he's working for knows that's working for him knows about Maya and her the the hit notice out on her. Yes, but that could they just go to be, the I water mean, tower and she points out she wants to make a hit on Fisk. Yes. And he points out like he knows who Wilson Fisk is. He runs a shady operation. He's got ties to Fisk. <laughs> yeah, like, see I did I, Wilson I don't Fisk know. Is I don't the know king of the underworld. He owns everybody. <laughs> Well, yeah, but you could still listen. If you were a part of a different criminal organization or or part of a smaller outfit or whatever, you would still know who William Fisk is. And I would assume if William Fisk really wants someone dead, like you put out a hit, and it's not just the people within your own organization that are you know have their ear to the wire and are are picking up on that hit. But re- regardless, either way, um, it's made a little more clear. It, it's sort of definitive in this one. That he's got ties to Fisk, yeah. but but made, not yeah. necessarily. I wouldn't but. say I wouldn't say he's in bed with Fisk though, because it sort of seems like he's running a Fisk shipping warehouse. Yeah, on the tracks. He's he but, works for Fisk. <laughs> I think it's yeah, pretty but, clear. But hey, just shut up. Does it not <laughs> seem like he? Is I mean I guess I, yeah I know that everybody's afraid of Fisk even the people that work for him, but it just kind of seems like maybe he he he's working for Fisk but he doesn't necessarily want to be or or I just I didn't I I don't get the ambitious feel from this guy I don't get the like you know I'm I'm a a real player in this situation. And we're happy to be doing business with Fisk, or I'm happy to be working for Fisk. Like it makes it clear that in this that he is a part of Fisk's operation, or at least that, you know, he's owned by Fisk. But I don't I still don't think that this guy necessarily wants to be. I don't know. Maybe I'm picking up on something or not picking up on something, or I don't know. Anyways. Maya shows up at Grandpa's pawn shop and asks, can you, you know, 
can you fix my leg? And we get this cool, like, you know, almost Tony Stark building something, except it's totally janky and MacGyver together kind of montage um, where grandpa takes like the suspension spring out of the center of a bike and <laughs> and like builds a leg for her. And it's it's a temporary leg, he says. And she's like, well, yeah, no shit. <laughs> He's like, don't go running off on that. And she's like, I'm not sure I can run on this. Um but he, he, he gets her mobile again, at the very least. And Maya sees a figurine or a statue in the shop of the girl from the opening of the first episode, the one that kind of saves everyone from the collapsing cave. <clears throat> and then they all turn into humans. And she recognizes this statue from as the girl that she's seeing in her visions. She asks Grandpa, who is that? And Grandpa explains that, you know, that's that's the that's the per that is the person from that story I used to tell you when you were a child, and that your grandmother could, you know, at one point or can trace your roots back to them, right? That that over the however many thousands of years, I guess, <clears throat> you know, grandma's done the 23andMe thing. And <laughs> <laughs> related and, and yeah and is able to you know or just you know maybe a society with a better sense of <clears throat> a better sense of traditions that is you know has kept better track of that type of thing has has taken lineage and family trees and heritage as a little bit more of a a sense of pride um and then our episode kind of culminates with um or have I already skipped past that part? No. No, so uh, Biscuits is getting the truck put back together because there was a little bit of damage done. Uh, and the poor sucker's trying to sell his PlayStation for 100 bucks so that he's got money to fix the truck. And instead of hopping on Facebook Marketplace or instead of putting together a Kijiji ad, he's putting the call out over the CB radio. <clears throat> While listening to the CB radio is paramedic Bonnie. And she starts asking questions. Why? Why are you selling your PlayStation? What happened to the truck? You know, blah, blah, blah. And he says, you know, oh, there was a little bit of a, you know, I was distracted. I was driving. There's a little bit of trouble. And she's like, well, like what kind of trouble? You know, and he's like, no, no, no. Like everything. I'm okay. The truck's okay. Maya's okay. <laughs> in a total Maya? blunder. And she's like, Maya? Like Maya's in town? Like blah, blah, blah. And... <clears throat> And he just kind of ignores. He says, "Oh, sorry, you're Starts breaking up." And radio static. <laughs> yeah, rub, rubs it on his shirt, and it sounds convincing. It's like he does a good job. Um, and Maya starts getting text messages from Bonnie, of course. Like, "Hey, you're in town. Like, what the hell? Why didn't you? Why wouldn't you tell me?" And Maya ignores it. And the roller skating cousin friends. Shady works for Fisk, wants to work for Fisk, doesn't want to work for Fisk, has a nice haircut, I don't know, shows up and is talking to Maya and is like, what is, and she's like, look, like I told you, I told you I was going to do this, I, I asked you to be a part of it. And he's like, you know, he's sort of broken recording at this point. He's like, I, I don't want this war. That's a New York problem. I don't want your problems coming here. You're going to bring the war here. It's going to be chaos. And she's like, no, it's not chaos because I can stop it at any time. That's power, not chaos. And uh, and they have a little bit of a squabble. 
And it, this is my read on the situation, right? So he works for Fisk. But ultimately, his heart, his emotions, his allegiance is to Maya. So he's in this tough spot. And I also don't think that Maya knows that he's working with Fisk. Right? Oh, come on. <laughs> really? What? You yeah. don't? No. Oh, dude. No, come not on. at all. There's no. been, based on what? There's been nothing okay. to indicate. There's been really? nothing to indicate that she knows that. Really? Why? How, how could she not? Because why she, would she, she was literally, listen, no, 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 stop, stop, stop. Why would she be on the water tower showing him her target, asking for help taking out her target, if she knew that that target is the shipping yard that he runs, that that's his business? She wouldn't do that. That doesn't make any sense. Because she knows the, that he knows the ins and outs of what's going on. If he get, she gets, her he on, if she gets him on board, she doesn't have to figure out what train, tra- what, which tra- train to no. pack. She just asks him no. and he tells her. Why would he, why would he torch he his own she business? She doesn't even need to sneak on. She just walks on. Right. But why she would gives he torch her his own business? The, he can, he, he controls who's at the station. Well, why would he torch his own business? That's why he's not helping her. So why wouldn't he say that? He doesn't say that. He just says, I don't want the war brought here. If you attack Fisk things, you are going to bring a war here. Not Maya. I'm not going to torch my own whatever, or the boss is going to come after me. I don't. Or I, This seems black and white to me. I don't see no, how you're there's missing been it. No, there's been no, ind- because you're making, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You might be right. But you have to acknowledge that you're presuming that she knows. There has been nothing that has actually... Nobody has had that discussion. He has not said, at no point while he's talking to her, does it ever come up. She would say, how could you work for that asshole? Or don't you want out? Or... (laughs) She offered that to him. That's what she was offering him at the water tower. No, she was offering him to be a part of what she was doing. Yeah. But she doesn't say, don't you want to get out of out of your dealings with Fisk? Who are th- that <laughs> dude. He knows who Fisk is. You're ma- I, I of course everybody does. Everybody yeah. in crime he, and he knows works who he for is. Fisk because that's his, right? his his Fisk shipping. He's in charge of that Fisk shipping station. But I don't think she knows that. She's been gone for oh, 20 she years. Totally knows that. She knows that. Because she's no. worked with Fisk closely for 20 years. Right. But Fisk has probably got 400 different operations like that going on. And she doesn't she, know about the one he, he's got going on in her hometown. Not, it, the, <laughs> the things that Fisk she, has intended. She shows no, up in her hometown stop. and she things, knows who to talk to about taking down Fisk's operation. No. She that's listen. the first person she shows up. The first person she goes to, the first person she goes to for help taking down Fisk's operation is him, and because he doesn't her know friend. because it's her friend, because it's her contact, no. it's someone no. in town that she trusts. Why would she go to someone if she's hiding out? She doesn't want anyone to know she's there. Why would the one person she tells be someone who works for her enemy? Because she's that she that knows person is a former friend and family. Right. I don't think she knows. 
I oh, think totally it, it, it's possible that she does, but you have to acknowledge that it's it is a presumption. They, they don't. They don't have to say it outright, Brady, because they've shown us. Okay, I don't think they have. They totally I don't have. Think they have. Okay. Well, I, yeah. we're allowed to disagree. I, I don't. I, I think it's plainly written this on the point, wall. And up you're until just not this reading. point, <laughs> up until this point, you know, you're saying she wouldn't know. She wouldn't have. She wouldn't be privy to the knowledge about the Fisk operation that her friend was running. Fisk's whole thing has been keeping things from people has been lying to Maya and has been keeping keeping the pieces of knowledge in line, you know, manipulating people by only telling them so much, manipulating people by not letting them know the things <clears throat> that Fisk thinks. If 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 Fisk thought even slightly that he would make an enemy out of Maya or cause a problem by Maya finding out that her childhood friend or her cousin or whatever the hell he is is under Fisk's thumb, then he wouldn't let her know that. He would make sure she didn't know I'll, that. I'll double down on evidence. Okay. Who's her dad? Who's Maya's dad? Yeah. The, the, her, he was part of the operation. He was he, the guy that he, was killed by Ronan. Yeah. And who did he work for? Kingpin. And who did he work for before he moved to New York? Kingpin. And where was that? In that town? In that but, town. How's that how's that evidence? Like, what does that have to do with this other King, guy? How does she Seriously? She knows, You're not connecting she, dots? She knows that Kingpin that's not news. She knows Kingpin. She knows that Kingpin has a shipping facility there. So she right. knows that Kingpin has influences in that town. But that doesn't mean I look, I, what I'm if saying Kingpin's is Kingpin's running a town. Listen. Nobody listen, else is running operations listen, in that town. I'm, I'm, I've been the one here that has been like, I don't know, could be either way. I've said you could be right, but they just haven't flat out told us. So at this point, it, it, it is a presumption. We kind of have to presume that. I don't think it's a presumption. And you're like, no, you're, you're wrong. You're an idiot. This is, I'm not saying, you? I'm, I'm, I'm like, saying it's, it's not a presumption. Okay. I'm saying it's evident. I, I, that she I, knows who, that he works for Fisk. It's a presumption based on evidence, but it, it 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 has not been confirmed. It has not been flat out confirmed for us. I disagree. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, you should rewatch the first but two episodes. We'll, then. Mo- we'll move on. I disagree completely. So that's the end of the episode. The epi- I've watched the episodes and that's the that's, conclusion I came to. That is the, I'm so glad I do the editing on the podcast. I'll just mute you. I'll just be like, oh, well, you know. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to do that. Who's, who's Brady arguing with? Um, (laughs) episode two of echo a winner or fail for you sir I don't know I tried to go into this open minded but I there were moments that this episode was fun but overall like the train thing had was felt like that was the most actiony part of this this episode except with the exception of the opening um game that they the the indigenous people were playing and it felt slow it felt 
yeah, it didn't, it, it, it didn't feel high stakes. Okay. I didn't, so I'd like, I, don't I mean, know. it's only I, the second episode, right? I, it's I'm not still having trouble getting episode. into this. I'm still having okay. trouble enjoying it. Like that, the, that opening game that thing felt, it looked fixed. <laughs> like they're actors and they're, they, they, they kind of, you know, she's got to be the, she's got to be able to do the things, but it felt fake. <laughs> it didn't feel like they were playing the game. Like it felt like actors. It didn't feel like, a, yeah. You know what I mean? Does that make sense? I, I mean, I, I know what you're saying. I don't know that I agree. Like, or I don't know that I picked up on that, but I, like, I get what your, your point is. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I'm having a really hard time giving a crap about this character. Okay. Well, maybe episode three will turn you around. We'll see. So Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to have to write this one as a fail. I think fail. That's some fun moments. Um, yeah, the, the, the two, there are like two big plot hole things. I, 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 I couldn't, I had trouble wrapping my head around in this were, how she fixed the hole in the train car and the people didn't notice. Like there's a really quick scene where she's like holding the panel she cut out in place. And then she's like putting some kind of black goo on it from a aerosol can. Right. I, I don't know how that hides the hole in the floor from the inside. And how, if somebody doesn't step on that, because it was in like the middle of the floor almost, how does that, how does that hold somebody's body weight? Because somebody's stepping on that, taking that crate off. I mean, if you want to do that, stepping on it, it's, it's somebody with the lift jack rolling over it and it falling through the floor. I know, but if you want to approach it like that, I mean, we can start going through Endgame with a yeah, fine-tooth comb. You can find nitpicks, like, but yeah, but I mean, in a short episode, 30 minutes, I've only got 30 minutes with this episode right right yeah and 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 that's a major part of this episode like her sneaking her she's being sneaky she doesn't want people to know she's messed with something so it's so it's hard for me to wrap my head around that major thing and the other thing was her getting her foot stuck now her getting her foot crushed her her getting her foot crushed okay but it getting stuck, I don't know <coughs> that like there's a, there's a scene they set, they set this up earlier in the, like near the beginning of the train thing where they, they yeah, actually we see it jumps over the forth. gap and you can see the thing moving back and forth. Yeah. Right. And, and so they kind of, um, what's the word, the cinema word for, foreshadow something up they foreshadow the that that right but it's moving back and forth with like a regular pace so how her foot gets stuck yeah. in there it's like why is it not just bouncing back like they foreshadow in the foreshadow shot i don't know that's more of a nitpicky yeah. thing but <coughs> still like if you're gonna make your foreshadow show that it doesn't just bounce back and forth then Anyway, yeah, those are my two other minor, well, not so minor nitpicks, but 
Okay. What did you okay. think? Uh, I thought it was a win. I think it. I think it's a fun, <coughs> fun episode. Um, I think there's some fun action in it with that train sequence. Uh, I'm excited to see. I there's. I think the best part of the series for me is is twofold. It's one, the fact that we're getting what is so far a largely standalone story, right? That the MCU is telling us a story that although it's taking place in the same world and we've seen a couple of familiar characters, it's 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 not this big connective tissue. It's just a, it's just a, a story that's allowed to stand on its own. And I like that. And I also like that the what the real action, the real tension, the real stakes in this show have come from the relationships, from the the what's going on between my the conflict between Maya and and Bonnie, and the conflict between Maya and her grandmother, and the conflict between Maya and and Biscuits wanting to be helpful but also kind of getting caught in the crossfire now, and the conflict between Maya and this this the tr- the guy that her friend that runs the train yard. Like to me, the captivating, really gripping part of it is the relationship stuff and the and the action scene, the train stuff. That's just kind of cannon fodder. That's just filler in between the stuff that's really great which is which is the, mm. the human relations and the emotions that are are caught up in all of that. So that's for me I think what's making this series a big win for me so far. It's just real human connection in a way that like we you know we don't get in some of the other Marvel shows. And a lot of the other Marvel shows I would say you don't necessarily get this level of human human just this human element you know i could see some of that i think that would that would that aspect of the show would sell better for me if she actually gave a damn about those people in her life (laughs) like she well that's the tricky thing right she she she's coming into town and you know like not um a good example is um oh shoot what's the cousin that drove the truck. Um, uh, biscuits. Biscuit. Good examples. Biscuit. Right. She's dragging biscuit into this thing. Biscuit is like a harmless kind of n- not knowing better individual, and she's dragging him into something that's really dangerous and yeah. get him killed, and not because he's driving a truck behind a train, but because. Wilson Fisk, Wilson Fisk will put a bullet in his head and, and she and doesn't care. It, she doesn't it give will a damn. Get him killed, right. Maybe it will get him killed. Yeah. Right. Like I think this is all going to, I think what makes it interesting and, and, and suspenseful and tense is that this is all going to blow up in her face. So yeah, it's, it's cool. Well, Anyways, would, thank you so much. So <laughs> thank <laughs> you so will. much for listening. Make sure you check out our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter all listed below. We have a Patreon page where for as little as a dollar a month, you can support the show and get some fun perks in return. And if you are currently naked and not wanting to be so, we have merch that you can buy and wear and sport and, yeah, you know. Put a shirt yeah. on that naked body. Yeah, just a shirt. It's just, that's, that's yeah. fine. It's, this is, if you this get an extra is, large and you're small, then it'll cover your bits. Yeah, this is a, this is a bottomless party. 
<laughs> yeah. 